You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Advances in Women's Health, sponsored in part by Eli Lilly. Your host is Dr. Lisa Mazzullo, Assistant Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Northwestern University Medical School, the Feinberg School of Medicine. The Institute of Medicine projected an upcoming shortage of medical professionals by the year 2020 of approximately 75,000 physicians. Does the increased flexible hours that women physicians demand contribute to this upcoming shortage of medical providers? Or as a recent Business Week article said, are there just too many women physicians? And with me today is Dr. Joseph Flaherty, Dean of Medicine at the University of Illinois in Chicago and Professor of Psychiatry and Community Health Sciences, joining us to discuss the impact of women on the medical workforce and concerns for the future for providing care for our aging community. Welcome, Dr. Flaherty. Welcome. Thank you. So do you think that this projected shortage of medical providers is really a true statement? Yeah, I believe there is a true shortage of medical providers with the increased aging of the population and with the no attempts to increase it. I do think, however, the shortage could be ameliorated by, in addition to increasing the number of doctors, by an examination of the other health professionals and their role with patients. And I think that's something not always discussed, the use of nurse practitioners, physician extenders, use of telemedicine and monitoring patients in their homes. So there are a lot of things, including human resources as well as technology, that may abet the use of physicians. I think that you're absolutely right. We're starting to certainly see an influx of mid-level providers and an effort to extend the physician's ability to watch their patients well. I think we're changing the culture, and patients' expectation has to change to go with that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the aging baby boomers that are commonly talked about in the media is part of the impact we're expecting in this problem? Yeah, there's no question about it. People are living longer in general. And the boomers, in addition to probably going to be the longest living generation, also have been a generation with fairly high expectations for service. So you combine those two things and add to that the advent of newer medications and lowering cholesterol and a variety of other things, we're going to have people that are going to be maintained on fairly expensive medicines, require monitoring, and have the options of putting in stents into their heart, coils into their brain, stents into peripheral vessels to improve the quality as well as the longevity of life, we can expect the desire for increased services will be there. So do you think, going back to this Business Week article, that there are just too many women physicians that, in addition to the things we've just mentioned, that having women in the workforce that need more flexible hours are contributing to the concern of a lack of physicians later on? I really find that argument hard to buy. It's not asked of any other profession. The only reason it's asked of medicine is the expense it takes to train a physician and the length of time and who's paying for it. Increasingly, the physicians themselves are paying for that time, that even in state schools like the University of Illinois, which is the largest in the country, the tuition is substantial. And so students are facing $150,000, $180,000 of debt after four years. They're making the choice just as lawyers make the choice. And lawyers work anywhere from 10 to, you know, 500 billable hours a week, and nobody questions whether that's a good thing to have women in it or not. I think, though, the substantive issue that people are raising is do women work fewer hours, and is therefore we're going to need more numbers? 
And the studies in both Europe and the United States show a slight difference, although not a major difference, that what is happening is that young people that are going into medicine today are making much more lifestyle choices and quality of life choices with respect to careers in medicine. So that while there are some that resemble those dinosaurs of us that work the 80-hour work week, there's many more that are looking at it as a good career slash job rather than a calling or a profession. And I can't help but think that there are good aspects to that, but the bottom line is you'll probably need more doctors because they're not going to work 80 hours a week and be on call every night and forego all their vacation time. Those changes are increasingly non-gender specific. I think that's so true. I think, you know, there's a total culture change going on. And we're seeing that in this reduced work week. It doesn't mean people don't enjoy what they do and aren't dedicated physicians. It just means they want to have a balance to their life, whether they're men or women. That's right. It's interesting, as part of this Business Week research that we were doing, it also was talking about women choosing different specialties because it was more flexible to their needs for their balance. And with that in mind, they're going into things like primary care and pediatrics where the shortages may be the greatest. Unfortunately, that has been one of the hopes. There's not a great deal of data supporting it. Women are choosing, for example, OBGYN more often than men, and that's especially with really demanding hours. Mm -hmm. If you're just joining us, you're listening to a discussion on women physicians and their effect on the workforce in the shortages that are expected to come in our aging population from medical care. I'm Dr. Lisa Mazzullo, and today I'm speaking to Dr. Joseph Flaherty on these issues. We were just talking about some of the questions of whether the specialties people are picking are really making a difference. And I will tell you from my experience with partners who've worked both part-time and full-time in OB, they see almost as many patients as their full-time male counterparts in the days they're there because of the demand for patients to see them. And so I wonder if they're actually seeing fewer patients even though they're working fewer hours. You know, it's a very good question. It's very hard to cut practice back. The specialties that you can do that in are, for example, emergency medicine. So people in emergency medicine full-time typically work, say, 12 or 15 shifts a month. They may be 12-hour shifts, etc. And so a man or woman can say, I'd like to work eight a month. And so, you know, that's shift work. It's more like nursing where nurses can say, I'd like to work 60, 40, or 20 hours a week. If you're running a private primary care practice, it's very hard to do that. So the issue becomes, in part, what kind of jobs do men and women take within each specialty? And I don't know U.S. data because I haven't seen a good study, but in Great Britain and other European countries, they're finding more of the newest generation of people and slightly more women are choosing not to be principals or major physicians in practices versus they're covering the clinic from eight to five, four days a week. So again, a lot of the issue is what kind of control do they have over their schedule? 
I actually think we're seeing that a lot of ways, too, in the extracurricular things people do outside of professional clinic work. For example, having women in leadership roles in dean's offices and in yes. um, medical chiefs of staff and such. They're not taking that extra meeting in the afternoon or evening because they need to get home to their families. That is happening, and I predict it'll happen also for men, but probably more so with women. The interesting correlate of that is, despite the discussion 25, 30 years ago, that women are cursed both ways. They're doing more at home and they're doing more in the workplace as physicians. A new study shows women physicians are spending about a half hour a day on housework and about a half hour a day on, on cooking. So they've cut back dramatically on that, particularly in every household where the income is sufficient to have other people do the, some of these services. So that has been a development over the last 10 years that's helped somewhat. Do you think that regardless of the gender issue, that the more flexible schedule or the increase in life balance is going to have a negative impact on the care a medical provider gives? That's a great question. I think the simple answer is yes, and the caveat is unless we can find a more creative way to doing it. We're running in two opposite directions with physicians and naturally, understandably desiring a little more control over their schedule, not being bombarded 24-7 and the patient's desire for more access to physicians, more concierge-like services, and to be able to call a doctor that knows them when they're concerned about something, whether it be a little pain in their chest or whatever. So I think we have to look at new models of care that perhaps has small groups of patients that are pooled together among four doctors, the old group practice methods, in some places and countries, they're called firms. So you have a group that knows each other's patients reasonably well and provides that access for the patient, for a small group that they know, and yet allows the physician a little more time that they're completely off. Sounds like the best of both worlds. Some solution that has to be creative and American has to come about that. Otherwise, there's going to be a clash of cultures. Part of this is going to be helped by Internet, with all its problems and liability issues, there's one thing of responding to patients' questions and concerns by email that is a little easier than, you know, the uh, people calling you at night on the phone and your kids, you know, interrupting you and getting you, particularly pediatricians. They get so much of that. Well, you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning, if I could answer email while I'm waiting for someone to deliver, that would be a very efficient use of time yeah, for sure. that's right. You know, interesting, though, I have a couple patients who do that who are out of the country, and I find they ask many more questions that way because they go back and forth in That's a dialogue, which, true. to be honest, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing because if they do that, I think ultimately they do feel better about their care. It takes a little more of my time, but, you know, generally they wouldn't have thought of everything if they were looking on a phone at the last minute. Oh, I think you're right. I think it begs the question of use of physician extenders there, too. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Of who can answer some of that. I think it also allows a little more education. How many patients come to your office and say, Doctor, my cousin is on pyranolazine, and they find this has been the best drug for their urinary tract infection. What do you think? Well, a good doctor is going to say, well, I don't know since I don't know that drug. Right. <laughs> I'll have to research it. <laughs> exactly. And this allows a little face-saving and yet a little more educated approach. Now, you know, another question that's been raised related to this is the amount of time we have to spend with each patient. And again, we're running in diametrical forces. 
Physicians are the poorest guild in the country. We've never been organized. It's sort of a calling. We've been taken advantage of greatly by a variety of sources, not to mention just the insurance company and the legal profession. But most patients want a little more time, and they need a little more time as they get older, as the drug-drug interactions become greater, as they continue, and the issue with the boomers is they're continuing a lifestyle that's very athletic and active. So the issue of orthopedics and sports medicine for elderly, particularly women, has become a great issue. But they need more time. Now, how do we give them more time and still account to the demands and or in keeping with what the insurance companies will pay? Well, medical staffing experts feel women physicians are not solely responsible for the upcoming medical care shortage. In the last 30 years, women now make up 50% of medical school classes and 30% of practicing physicians. Having life balance, we expect to result in fewer medical errors and lower burnout rates. So for now, let's say there are not too many women physicians. Thank you to Dr. Joseph Flaherty, who has been our guest as we've been discussing this issue. I'm Dr. Lisa Mazzullo, and you're listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. For a complete program guide and podcast, visit ReachMD.com or call us with comments at 888-MD-XM-157. Thank you for listening.